0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Canadian Made. I'm your host, Olivia, and each week we go behind the scenes of the Canadian entertainment industry to learn how stories get made. So we are talking to creators and members of the crew to learn what it is that they do in the filmmaking process, and they give us some amazing tips on how to break into the industry and succeed in the industry. So today, it was my absolute pleasure to be joined by Tim Miles. Tim is a writer, director, actor. Seems that there's nothing he can't do. You may know him from his short film, which debuted at TIFF in 2021, called Little Bird. So in this episode, we talk about Tim's journey in the industry and how he found his footing, you know, from being a a boy from Newfoundland uh, to, you know, graduating from Toronto Film School to not only working as an actor, but also as a writer-director, he gives some amazing advice for how to persevere despite all the challenges as a filmmaker. And you can't tell, but I'm basically laughing the whole interview. It's He is so funny, um, but yet has an incredible depth to him. And I honestly just feel like this is the beginning of an amazing career for him and cannot wait to watch his career flourish. And so yeah, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Tim Miles. I want to first start about your kind of like growing up in Newfoundland and how you made the journey to Toronto and what that experience was like, especially as like a young aspiring filmmaker.
1: Yeah, I grew up in this small, small little town uh, in Newfoundland. It was called St. Bernard's. There was about 500 people in the town altogether. So I graduated high school with about like 17 other kids. And we were considered a big class. So um, <laughs> growing up, I kind of, uh, um, I always wanted to do drama. And um, because our school was so small, like we had a drama program, but when the bigger classes tended to leave because more people you know ended up moving away from from the town i kind of took over the drama program and in my last year of high school i like uh wrote the play that our drama class did and we went to uh we went to the drama festival with this play that i had written uh we ended up like winning an award for the play so i think that's kind of when my parents saw that i was a little more serious about it and then when I graduated high school, I, 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 did this film called hold fast. Um, it was this uh, novel by Canadian uh, Canadian author, Kevin major, and they were making it into a film and uh, they were auditioning like young Newfoundland actors for like the leads. And I uh, auditioned for this Role, his name was Lewis, and he was the school bully. I got into a big fight with the lead character, and um, I did the audition, so I, anyway, I ended up getting that role. That was my first feature, and then I did a f- another feature back in Newfoundland and a pilot for CBC. Uh, the pilot never ended up getting picked up, but that was enough for my parents to be like, Oh, okay, like he's serious enough, like we will help this little weirdo go to Toronto and like try to, try to, um, make a career out of it. But yeah. So, yeah.
0: So then when you first got to Toronto, did you have a program that you were in or Mm -hmm. what were your ambitions? Like the 18 year old version of Tim?
1: I guess I just didn't go to Toronto blindly. That's a lie. I, uh, I auditioned for Toronto film school that I auditioned for the acting program. Um, it was the acting. It still is acting for film and television and theater. I did the audition. I did a monologue from <laughs> I like I did a monologue from girl interrupted um it was it like was the
0: movie
1: the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah, the movie um it was uh what's angelina angelina Jolie's monologue, um which she's like talking to like Brittany Murphy's character like she's in the house and it's like I heard the monologue to Daisy. And it's like this like eighteen year old boy doing this like Angelina Jolie monologue. It was like very very telling of like who I was <laughs> who I was
0: iconic that's what it is
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well my grand might like my grandparents saw the, the like the audition tape and it's like like I'm talking about like some vulgar stuff like I don't know if anyone's ever I don't know if you've seen like Girl Interrupted <laughs> but like that monologue is like very vulgar and there's some like you know stuff that your grandparents shouldn't shouldn't hear um so yeah I did that audition and uh t- TFS called and they were like, you got in the program. And then that kind of solidified. Uh, My dad was like, okay, yeah, want that? Okay, you're good. Let's, um, let's like, get you up there. Because my dad was a, is a huge, he continues to be a huge, huge help. Um, You know, I wouldn't be in Toronto, if it wasn't for my dad helping me out. He believed in me my whole life. And so did my mom. And yeah, so they just kind of, let me come to Toronto and do this program.
0: (laughs) That's so sweet. So you obviously enrolled in the acting program, but you acting is only a very small facet. I feel like of your very, you know, fulsome career as a director and writer. So can you talk about, you know, how you found those other disciplines?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So in, uh, at TFS, Toronto Film School, um, our sixth term was it sixth term? Yeah, it was our sixth term. So it was our final terms project, our thesis project was to like write, direct and act in our own shorts. And uh, some of them would like, we had to go up against and kind of like pitch it to the class and uh, the, a committee of, I guess, the teachers, not, I guess it was the teachers, um, a committee of the teachers would uh, um, decide who got greenlit. And so I pitched this uh, short film. It was called uh, the Wake and it was about these two like socialite sisters who uh, their mother dies and um, the one of the socialite sister well, the socialite sister sorry turns her mother's funeral into this like huge cocktail party like this huge because everyone's fighting for her their mother's will so they're all like at this funeral just like fighting over who's going to get the money and there's like champagne and like Everyone's like dressed like, like they're going to the Met Gala. Yeah, it was this weird, weird script. And uh, I I ended up getting it and getting greenlit. And uh, we we shot the we shot the film and I was like, Oh, like, this is the movie that's gonna like, propel me to Hollywood. Meanwhile, it's like, it's like a 10 minute student film. And I thought I was like, Oh, I am the next Wes Anderson. Like, let's go. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was really fun. It was really quirky. It was really. uh, It really like got me into loving the behind the scenes because before then I was only like kind of writing, but it really got me like being like, oh, like I love going on a location scout. I love like looking at actors and seeing their audition tapes and like what they think of the script or what their interpretation of the character is. And I love to like plan, you know, what day we're going to shoot what and talking to like, you know, the production designer to see how their vision is or the costume people to see how their vision is of everything. It's um, it's like such a huge community. So that was my very first, um, I guess, kind of like look into behind the camera as well.
0: Amazing. So then, you shoot this iconic short film, <laughs> <Someday>. and and, <laughs> and um, it doesn't quite propel you to Hollywood, but really close. Yeah. yeah uh, right, right. So, <laughs> can you talk about kind of the next step that you took, like your first proper paying job in the industry that you had after you graduated?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so my friend, um, my friend Nina, her name's Nina Jossic. She's a cinematographer doing incredibly She's well. She's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah she, Nina's great. She is incredibly talented and hardworking. and her and I went to school she shot the she shot the wake. She shot my story. Oh my
0: gosh, amazing.
1: Yeah, we had like the same vision back when we were in uh, school and uh uh we just became yeah, great friends. When yeah, when Nina graduated, she um started doing music videos. Uh she was starting to shoot music videos. And, um, at the time she kind of, she knew that I was, I wanted to be a director. And I guess every actor knows how hard it is to just be an actor, especially when you get outside, it's like, you know, you're, you're waiting tables, you're, you know, slinging coffee, slinging drinks. And I did that for a, for a long time, bartending and serving, but Nina kind of said, you know, I want to do this like music video together. And then we, we've done, we did a few kind of as a team. And then I got, uh, through uh, through these videos that I did uh, for this artist named Tilson, uh, she's a local Toronto pop sing- uh, pop singer pop artist. This band called Banners came along, so and they were signed to Universal, and uh, so Universal Music. I get an email from Universal Music. I had done like a little bit of a body of work. I had about two or three music videos, like enough to you know get something. And uh, they reached out and they had this band Banners. They wanted me to pitch on the video. I had no idea what that meant (laughs) at the time. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, pitch on the video for sure. Yeah, I'll do that." And then I like Google what is pitching on a music video, (laughs) like um, so. And I didn't know how to make treatments or anything because my treatments were just me in a Word document, kind of like the girl is standing in a hallway and then she walks. So it's like just like becoming like more visual and making it look nice for you know clients and uh, labels or anything like that. I did the video. It was called got it in you. I did that back in, I think it was 2018. I did banners. And before then I was doing music videos since I, since I graduated from 2016 to 2018, but I wasn't until 2018. I got my first paying, paying gig as a director. So yeah, banners would be the first one. Um, which was great. I got to cast like one of my really great friends, Eilish. She's an actress. She went to Toronto film school. I got to work with a lot of my friends uh, and we shot in this old, old abandoned warehouse in Hamilton. And it was enough budget to actually have a working set. You know what I mean? Like we had uh, all the moving parts and we had, you know, the equipment and the edges, everything was there and the band showed up and like reps from the label were like, were calling me like we want this like what do you think about this and I was like oh my god like people from Universal Music are asking me what I think Banners was the first music video and then I had I started just doing music videos for a while Um, because I guess once you kind of put your like you know establish yourself as a certain type of director I guess that's kind of what comes to you more and more so yeah it was it was music videos for a while
0: I think it's so charming, you know, how you talk about that process of getting your first gig and just that feeling of so much excitement and sheer panic, like at the same time and just how you manage that emotion. So can you give any like tangible tips to somebody who's maybe going through that or about to go through that of how to approach like a treatment for the first time or how to pitch for the first time?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, the best thing to do is i got my start on instagram um i was taking picture i was you know i had this uh, aesthetic that i really liked and i would take pictures of my friends and i would do all these things and then that started to to attract yeah so people like-minded people or people who wanted um my aesthetic my visual um spin they would message me on instagram So I think the biggest thing to do, especially for people who want to pitch, because you're going to have to do a lot of freebies before you can get the bigger budgets because labels are like, they don't, you know, they want to see that you have a body of work before they trust you with, you know, one of their bigger clients or, you know, like a, a large, they know that you can deliver on a budget. So I think the biggest thing to do is just to connect with people that you reach out to artists, like music video specifically, like reach out to, um, like local artists, wherever you may be. And, um, you know, I say I have this idea for a music video, even if it's just you and the artists and a camera and you go, you know, shoot something, it's like every, you constantly have to be putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think for, you know, Pitching to video, pitching to labels will come. Um, It will come a little bit later. But I think the best thing to do is if you know of any up and coming directors, like there's a lot of I haven't um, I kind of stepped away from the music video um, industry when I um, started doing more narrative work. I noticed that just like a whole other, like almost a new era of all of these like young up and coming music video directors. So I think the best thing to like came about, I think the best thing to do is to find those directors on Instagram. Cause Instagram is how everybody is just, you know, promoting themselves, getting work. It's like a free website. It's amazing. Um, I think you look to those, young directors who are making music videos with people like, you know, labels and they're getting branded content and they're getting commercials and re- reach out and say, Hey, I'm starting out. Like, I really want to know how to make a pitch. I want to like, know what goes into a treatment. Like, you know, can, can I pick your brain a bit? And some people won't even respond, you know, cause they're busy or they don't see it or they just you know, some people aren't that nice and they don't care. And that is the industry. Like they don't give a shit, but some people are nice and some people will, and they will, they'll take the time out of the, their day and be like, Hey, here's, here's an old treatment that I made. Keep that treatment that they give you under wrap. Sorry, because that's probably from a client that, you know, doesn't want their stuff out in public. Um, So I think the best thing to do is, yeah, reach out to those people and see, see what, what their work is and see if they would maybe share it or if they have any tips or,
0: that's such good advice. And so in terms of finding your style, I'm thinking like particularly of your music videos because for me watching them, there's such a distinct style and voice that you seem to be able to cultivate quite early on and keep consistently, but but elevated in each time you did it. So I'm wondering if you, like how you accomplish that and if you can give any tangible tools for finding a voice.
1: I've always loved kind of the dreamy, weird aesthetic. Like there's just something that's like, I love things that are kind of like composed and like haunting and things that like are beautiful, but also like really scary. Like just kind of like a little weird to look at. You try to keep that as much in your work as possible, like your own aesthetic, but a lot of the artists have a lot of, um, you know say and what they want because it's them on camera so you kind of have to mold a little bit of your own aesthetic into something that works for them because at the end of the day it is their brand now some artists will be like oh you have complete control do what you want to do and i was lucky enough in my earlier videos i love working with dancers long nightgowns and like like shadowy hallways and like victorian mansions and like you know, running around with a candelabra, like just like, just kind of like weird um, things. So I kind of, I I really vibed with uh, Tilson actually, which was one of uh, the girl I mentioned, the pop artist I mentioned earlier. She was very like, we had aligned what we both liked and what images we liked and the aesthetic we liked. So she really put a lot of trust in me to say, just go, go nuts. But a lot of the times you, have to mold. And, 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 you know, if, if you're someone who doesn't really want to mold or you have like a, a real strong, like stance of like, this is my vision and this is what's up, then be prepared for like a lot of people to be like, okay, bye. Cause that's what, that's what I started doing. Like after a few music videos, I was, I had, you know, labels, be like, Oh, well, we really are looking this way. And I'm like, I'm not really willing to budge on my artistic vision anymore. And that lost me jobs. I lost me a few jobs. And um, is that a stupid thing for me to do? Who's to say, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I stood and Yeah. Sometimes you just got to stand your ground, I guess.
0: Mm, that's really interesting. So now you're moving more into the narrative space, which was Little Bird the first, your first foray in that? Or how did that, how did that, what did that journey look like?
1: Yeah, Little Bird was, um, Little Bird was my first narrative. Um, if we're not counting the uh, the acclaimed. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> how could we forget? <laughs>
1: how could we forget the wig? <laughs> uh, I wish I could. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Little Bird was my first narrative. So, and in 2019, I directed this music video again, music videos, they're always leading to opportunities. Great stepping stone. So yeah, so uh, (laughs) my music video that I did for uh, Métis pop artist Indigo, who's a friend of mine, she lives in Toronto. I did a, I directed a music video for her called The Light. And the music video actually premiered at the 2019 Imaginative Film Festival. So her and I went to the festival together and It was at the TIFF Bell Lightbox and we went up on stage and, you know, kind of had like a little Q&A after. And I had a really great experience at the festival. And then a few months later, she sent me this uh, posting from Imaginative saying looking for uh, scripts to do uh, like five to ten minute um, sh- short film on, um, in partnership with Lyft, which is the liaison of uh, independent filmmaker Toronto and Netflix Canada. So Netflix had like given imaginative, like the tools to say here, um, are you an indigenous filmmaker with a story to tell? Um, here is money to make your first film. So you have to, I, I applied and, um, I wrote the script, And they picked it. and Or actually, no, that's not true. I didn't write the script. I did a treatment. And um, I gave them the treatment. And then I was awarded the grant. And then I wrote the script.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So how amazing then was it that, you know, your first narrative short film ended up premiering at TIFF? That's insane.
1: Huge. Um, (laughs) I was like, I cried. I I fully <laughs> cried. It was like it was such a career goal for me. So I was like uh, to get TIFF, I wanted I wanted TIFF was a huge one for me. It always has been. I loved going to TIFF every year since I moved to Toronto um, a few years ago. We were my friends and I would like sneak into the TIFF parties. TIFF was in, incredible. I made this short film to honor my mom. Um, who I lost. Uh, she passed away when I was 19, just before I moved to Toronto, actually. Um, she passed away. So it was just really important to me to honor her and honor, you know, she's Mi'kmaq. And, um, that's my side of that's how, you know, I, I mixed Mi'kmaq and um, non-Indigenous, <laughs> like Irish or whatever <laughs> my dad is. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, my mom's side of the family were, uh, were Native. So it was, she was always, you know, keeping that side of me present. And she was like learning the Mi'kmaq language before she passed away. And then she just kind of, you know, got too sick to to keep it going. But so it was, it was to honor my mom and to honor my heritage and like what a treat it was to just have it like premiere at TIFF. It was great.
0: Especially because of how personal the story is to you too. It must've been yeah. extra special.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like my family flew up for it. Uh, my aunt, who's my mom's only remaining um, sibling, my aunt was in it in Little Bird. She played the voice of my mom. There's a uh, there's a scene in the film where I leave a voicemail and on my mom's answering machine. So she, my aunt, comes on and she's the voice of my mom, um, which was really special and it was really great having her and. Yeah, so that that whole weekend, like when the whole week, the whole experience of Little Bird from like start to finish, and I guess it's still going. Is so we're still doing our festival run. We actually just got back from a festival, the uh, IFFO, too many F's, IFFO, <laughs> eighteen F's, uh, the IFFO uh, in Ottawa. My producer Caitlin and I, we just got back, so it's still doing its festival run. But uh, yeah, from beginning to current, I guess, and to end, it's it's been such a beautiful experience.
0: Amazing. So what's next on the narrative front? Are you working on, you know, writing or directing anything?
1: Yeah. So um, right now, uh, my producer, Caitlin and I, who are who Caitlin, who produced Little Bird with me, we are currently in development of um, our first feature. So the, we had just finished the script and um, I can't see too much about it. Um, yeah, we're doing our first feature. Uh, so that's coming up.
0: In terms of 18-year-old Tim coming to Toronto, uh, what's the one thing you, could w- you wish that you could tell him now about the industry?
1: I think I would tell him, calm down. Calm the hell down. Be ambitious, but don't be desperate. That's what I would say. I would say, know your worth and know that you are talented and you're a hard worker and not to corner your acting teacher and be like, how can I get an agent? And then being like, back the fuck up. <laughs> like, um, So yeah, just know that it'll come, save more money. And just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just
0: some good life advice.
1: Just some good life advice. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to do that. But uh, yeah, no, I would say don't be desperate. be be ambitious, don't be desperate.
0: You know what? that's really good advice and I think that's something to be honest, I still really struggle with because you're so hungry. I mean, you don't know this about me, but I'm an entertainment lawyer and I'm oh, that's constantly,
1: amazing. Yeah. oh nice.
0: <laughs> and I'm constantly like, oh gosh, should I be like writing down my time? I shouldn't be like I just want to help them. I just want to have more clients. I just want to meet people and it's like, no. You're you have a certain skill set, you work really hard to get that skill set. And it's true of every part of the entertainment industry because there's just never enough money to go around. Everybody wants to pay you way under value. Um, because the budget is the budget. And and I'm so sympathetic to that, but it's it's such good advice that. Like at the very, very beginning of your career, it's okay to do things that are free. If you're switching directions, it's okay to take risks and, you know, take, you know, internships and do all those things. But, you know, once you've, once you've paid the price and you've put in your blood, sweat and tears, it's okay to want to get paid a fair amount.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're allowed to eat and pay rent. Yeah. And you got to save some money you got to save some money you got to fund that next project yeah no, i completely agree with you it's it's yeah it yeah you hit the nail on the head it's it's you have to you have to walk before you can run but when you get to a point where you know maybe you're getting taken advantage of a little bit then it's like okay no you demand your worth and you know you're ready but starting out you got to kind of just we can get
0: yeah. then it's like desperation station that's okay yeah that, yeah but yeah, yeah once yeah, you yeah, graduate yeah, make yeah sure you be graduate.
1: a little desperate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> be just completely going back on what I said <laughs> yeah. it's like
0: you get a couple of years of
1: <laughs> yeah
0: on <the> shaky side
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so um in terms of you know you've had a long career and short career in a lot of ways. And have there, has there ever been a moment where you thought, oh my gosh, I just, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can wait another table. I'm in between gigs. Like how do I persevere? And what, what advice would you give to that version of yourself going through that?
1: I, so many times I've had that I've had, it's hard because you, you kind of have to, you're your own cheerleader. Like you have to be your own cheerleader because, you know, you can't really rely on your, like, you know, your agents to tell you like, don't worry, like keep going. Like, you know, like you you kind of, you have to be your own pep talk. And it gets hard because I, there's been so many times where I've almost moved back to Newfoundland. One in particular, I remember I was, it was around when I was still doing music videos, but it wasn't I hadn't reached the point where I was getting like the budgets to you know pay my crew and pay myself and t- turn it out essentially. Um, so I was bartending at this this uh, I won't say the name of it, but it's a hotel and it was a uh, it was uh, like private events. Um, I would do like business parties, corporate parties, Christmas parties, and I would bartend them. And I got asked to bartend TIFF. And it was a IMDB panel and it was a bunch of celebrities and all week I had to wait on the celebrities. And, um, and I remember just like the whole, like, I don't know, vibe of being at TIFF, but kind of just being on the other side of it and just being like, Oh, can I, you know, (laughs) take that empty glass away? And it's like, that's not to say anything about, you know, of, of the job because, You know, I I just there was just something in me that's so bad that wanted to be on the other side of that. I kind of like went into the back kitchen and I remember like I had to go into the the linen closet because I started crying. And I was just remember just like bawling like something in me was just like I, you know, and bartending is hard, too, because you deal with people at their drunkest. And this wasn't the TIFF party, but like in general, you deal with people who are like drunk and oftentimes rude and you know people have no respect for self for industry workers like bartender servers it's like it's the only job where like you people can like yell at you and curse at you and like you can't do anything about it so it's like that tolls that takes a toll on you and it's those long nights of like you know working from 3 p.m to 3 a.m and I think that all just kind of like came to a, like a bubble at the surface. And I remember just breaking down and like my coworker came and was like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, someone, like what happened? And I was like, I know I need a minute. I'm being a baby. Like, I just want to be at TIFF. <laughs> and then, um, and then I was, and then I said to myself, you know, I had kind of took a step back from, from bartending for a little bit. Cause I was like, I, I, I I can't, and I was in a position where, like, I had saved enough, <laughs> saved enough <laughs> that I I took a little bit off, and I was like, I I have to like put more effort into into writing, whether that be you know short stories or scripts at the time that I was trying to do while I was still trying to you know get music video clients. Um, I would say just you know keep going, surround yourself with, you know, I mean, well, if you're in the bar industry, you are surrounded by actors and directors and everything but kind of again know your worth and don't take too much shit because there's always another job um and if it's completely ruining you like it ruined me then it's okay to take a step away and reevaluate maybe i go into something else maybe i maybe i you know become a dog walker <laughs> or like maybe i i don't know work at a hot dog stand you know any anything Yeah. Many times that I've, that I've almost moved back to Newfoundland. I almost like just gave up and I'm glad that I didn't because you just got to keep going. If you, if you want it bad enough, just keep working and things will happen.
0: hundred percent. I think that story is going to resonate with a lot of people because I think it's in those moments when you feel like you're so close that you feel the furthest away sometimes. Um, and whether it's like you came so close to getting a certain gig that you didn't get, but I think especially that really resonated with me, like actually when you're in the room sometimes and you're just not in the role that you want to be in the room, yeah. that's the toughest part because it feels like it's so tangible, but you exactly. just can't like grab it.
1: hundred percent. That's, I, it that reminds me actually, there was, I went to this dinner during TIFF. It was, um, the celebrating Alanisa Bombswin dinner, um, her retrospective that was at TIFF, and um, one of the um, filmmakers who was sitting next to me, she was kind of giving me advice as like me being a young filmmaker, and she said, "You know, really enjoy the highs because in between this, there will be lows, and those lows will be low, and you need to you need to kind of get through those so you can." Ride that wave again. And at first I was like, this is really morbid. But then I was like, no, this is so true. It was like, it was like such beautiful advice because, you know, it was as beautiful, as amazing as premiering a short at TIFF was, it's like, okay, now, you know, you got to keep the momentum going you got to get like, okay, like I can't not get this feature made within the next year or two. Like I need to keep this momentum going. I need to, you know, you know, cause if, if you wait too long and then you, you know, who knows someone else comes up in your place and.
0: It's tough. No. It's, and I think that's really good advice to share. So, um, I feel like I could literally talk to you all day long. I, agree. But I won't I'll let you go, but I have, before I do, I have to ask you to recommend a piece of Canadian content
1: absolutely i recommend uh night raiders uh the film feature film by danis goulet um i was lucky enough to meet her during tiff and i thought that film was just completely completely beautiful it's one of my favorite canadian most favorite canadian films deals with something that's extremely um extremely <laughs> relevant and she just did it in such a beautiful way
0: 100 she's got a new feature coming, um, Ivy, which I'm really excited to see
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. also.
0: So I, I just can't wait to see like what she does next. I totally yeah. agree. She, and she it's just really exciting.
1: Yeah. She just directed like a, an episode of reservation dogs, the FX FX series.
0: Amazing. Okay. Well, you have to come back when you, uh, debut your feature because uh, like literally you're just like taking me to church here and I loved every second of it.
1: Uh thank you so much. I would absolutely love to come back. I, I, yeah, let's fingers crossed for that, for that, because it's, yeah, that's, that's what's next.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, I'm- I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you love the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing the podcast. It's the best way that you can support the podcast. Have a great week and we will see you next Wednesday.